1: Today, we're going to discuss how one of the best recognized brands for marketers thinks about product launches. Joining us again is Darcy Kurtz, who is the vice president of global product marketing at MailChimp, who last year announced their product expansion, repositioning them from being the email marketing service we all know and love to an all-in-one marketing platform for growing businesses. And yesterday, Darcy and I talked about how she thinks about getting ready for product launches. And today, we're going to talk about how to nail product launch day and beyond. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Darcy Kurtz, Vice President of Global Product Marketing at Mailchimp. Darcy, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thanks, great to be here.
1: I'm happy to have you back. Always great to chat. And yesterday we covered a lot of ground talking about how to get ready for your product launches. There's doing your homework, your research, figuring out if you have product market fit. Writing your copy, figuring out who you're targeting, figuring out your channel mix, building your lists, getting all of your assets ready for launch day. When the day is actually here, how do you figure out when that should be and what the heck do you do?
2: The when it should be is a great question. And it's one we talk a lot about around here. When you're dealing with software, when exactly is it ready to start talking about? Because software is always getting updated and always improving. So figuring out what is it exactly that you want to say on launch day? So for us, we think about what is it that we want to be able to communicate to the market very much around a PR perspective. So we really take a PR lens that says, okay, this is something that we want people to be able to talk about. We want press to be written about it. How does that line up then in the world with what is an optimal day to have that conversation? Because not every day of the week is a great day. Not every time of the year is a great time to be thinking about that. So that's something that we take into heavy consideration when we talk about launch. Then when you get into, okay, when is it actually going to show up on your website? You've got to figure out, again, what is that day that you're going to be driving through all of your advertising people to the site? So on that day, you want your site up and running. We honestly do that anytime. It really is about when is the product ready and when are we ready to start talking about it. So I think that there's a little less magic to when do you put it on a website than things like how do you manage things like the PR conversation typically leads when.
1: I think that there's a distinction here between big brands like MailChimp, right? When you put something on your website. Millions of people might see it. And when you're a smaller brand launching a product, launching a website, and you as a large brand have to be very careful about how you announce things and there's so much visibility, smaller guys like me, I launched the MarTech podcast website five days before I told anybody about it to make sure that all the links were there to see if I was getting organic traffic, just to make sure that everything worked. When you're thinking about the launch process, actually publishing your content, and then telling people about it from a smaller brand perspective, what's the sequence that you recommend?
2: The biggest thing that we find when we talk to our small businesses is there's almost a paralysis to actually just do it. Waiting for perfection, waiting for all the stars and moons to align, and knowing that it's exactly right, it's 100%, you know, exactly your product market fit. And then it takes a very long time. You know, in that research I was talking about earlier, it took more than 60% of the small businesses over six months to go from the idea to what they considered kind of launch of their business. And our perspective is don't wait, start because I guarantee you, no matter what it is, it's not perfect. And that's okay, but you're not going to know what to fix. You're not going to get the learnings until you get it out there into the market. And to your point, for small businesses, the risk is actually so much lower. You don't have this brand that suddenly you're going to get a million Twitter followers yelling at you for something that's wrong. Take the chance, put your foot out there, get the thing launched, tell people about it, and then very actively start testing and iterating and optimize as you go to get to a place closer to kind of that optimized state that you want to be in.
1: I think the important words to remember here is, good enough. Yeah, right? You're not going to accomplish perfect. You're not going to have the perfect marketing mix and everything just wrapped up like the male chimps of the world if you're a one-person shop that's launching a new brand. right? You need to get things to be good enough to tell the people that matter that you're doing something and to get their initial feedback because what matters is you start getting product feedback and that you start getting data and understanding how customers are going to react so you can then adjust and make sure that you're getting it right. So talk to me about when you actually have something that you feel is good enough, you've launched your website. It seems like the next thing is really messaging. You have your list, you've done some segmentation, you're understanding who you're going to tell Obviously, there is PR. Not all of us are going to do PR when we're smaller brands. Who do you tell about your brand and and how do you start building some buzz? What else do you do on launch day other than publish your website?
2: You definitely publish a website that's out there. But we talk about that. That really is just a thing. It's there. I guess if you get some organic social, that's good. But it's just a thing out in the world. What you have to do is start to drive people to that website from day one. So what we find the most common things people are using is social especially if you don't have a list yet, which a lot of new businesses don't have a list or just have a very small list of friends and family. So we say, get out there on social, do some boosting of your social ads, buy a few social ads, see what works and doesn't to get people to start coming to your website. Make sure that on your website, you have a form to collect data so that you can start building your contact list And then once you've got some contact list in there, that's where you start bringing in things like email, which is very, very effective to bring people back. So in our last conversation, we talked about how do you do an integrated campaign when you're just starting and don't have a list. What we recommend is you start with do a social ad, have that ad drop you to a landing page that has a form fill, and then do some retargeting off of that landing page to bring them back. And that really is a nice integrated campaign. It's small, it's manageable, and it's something that really will start helping you build your listing and start to learn about what kind of messages work and in work.
1: I think that's an important call out. And for people that are working on building their brand for the first time, The notion of retargeting was something that was foreign to me, even as a marketer for a long period of time, right? That's when the light bulb really went off of just getting someone to visit the website is not enough, right? You need multiple touches across multiple channels. It's right person, right place, right time. And when you actually get someone to get partially through the funnel, that is not an indication that your website and your product failed. That's an indication that you've got a hot lead. Obviously, the marketers that are listening to this, hopefully, are sitting here nodding their head going, well, duh, you need to retarget. But when you're launching a brand and you don't have data, that's actually really hard to figure out. So once you go through your initial launch, you're telling people about your launch. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. What are some of the messages that you recommend brands should send out to re-engage them? You can only fire the, hey, look what I just launched bullet once.
2: Well, ideally, when you created your messaging, there were different features about it, different things that were going to resonate with different people, really talking about the problem that this particular product solves. So yes, launch, hey, we've got this new. So if your initial message is new, Your second message should be about problem solving. What is the problem that this solves and really getting into the meat of why is this something that you can't live without? How do you create that burning platform for them that this is something that they really need to try?
1: So you have the ability to remarket to somebody based on giving them more details, right? The first launch announcement is, hey, high level, here's what our brand and what our product about is. Some of the follow-up messages are, hey, here's a little bit more detail. Here are some of the things that you might like. Here are some of the reasons that you should consider visiting, filling out the form, buying our products. Where do we go from there? Once you've gone through this launch phase and you're informing, you know, you're sending four, six, eight, ten 10 emails to your list, there's email communication. You can follow up with people and retarget them through social ads. How do you start thinking about making sure that you keep the momentum from that initial list you collected and that your business starts to grow on itself?
2: You know, if they've come and visited you, you've retargeted them with more detail on why this product and they still aren't buying It's very possibly an indicator that they're just too far away in the buying journey. They're not ready to pull the trigger. So you want to keep some sort of, we call it nurture campaigns. And the important thing about that is it can't just be product pushing that whole time. So, if you have a product that's creating some solution out there, is there any kind of thought leadership content that maybe you could write to send them to keep them interested? So, if you're talking about they clicked on the green pants and they were excited about the green pants, but they didn't buy, you could start talking to them about trends in fashion and what's the color of the year for next year and just keeping them engaged with interesting content that's relevant, but maybe not as much directly tied to the product itself so that they keep your brand top of mind. And then every once in a while, you start interspersing the, hey, by the way, we have this new thing. Remember us. Come back and talk to us. It's also a great opportunity to start testing things like promotions. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about pricing and how do you test pricing. I'm a huge fan of tested in market. Try it. See what people work. Try a promotion and see how well a promotion works. And that might be an indicator that you have overpriced your product. Or it might just be that people respond to really great promos and that's a a good way to get some energy, you know, some launch promos, some limited time promos out in the market. Those are several things. So interesting content, do some promos and see just what's going to get them to finally convert.
1: You can always lower your price. You don't always want to raise your price. People don't like when the price goes up, but if you start even artificially high with your price to be able to give a discount, if you want to be a value brand, then you're going to discount early and often. And if you're a premium brand and you want to test what the right price point is, if you start artificially high and you start lowering your price, people are going to feel like they're getting value and then you could reestablish what your standard price is with that data.
2: Absolutely. I have talked to many a small business and I'm like, whatever you think the value is, go up and see if you can actually get even more. And then you can, because you can always go down. You're right. It's much, much harder to go back up.
1: There is a launch marketing playbook that we're talking about where you have this initial announcement, it gives you a reason to reach out to people, and then you could follow up and there's an understandable context for why you're messaging. We launched a new product, we want you to know about it, here are some of the features about it, that's relevant, and now people understand why you're reaching out to them. Some people use product launches as a marketing strategy to continually stay in front of their brand and to seem innovative. Are there ways that you can continually use this playbook to constantly have a reason to reach out to your customers? And what's the line of using the launch too much?
2: I think that's an important question to understand, like, when is launch over? When you put the new bug on your website to say this thing is new, how long do you leave it there? And I think it really does depend on what it is that you launched. There have been some businesses I've been in where after 30 days, it's not new anymore because there's already something else new and you've got new refreshed things. There are more, you know, in the software world, these huge sophisticated releases that you only get one release a year or every couple of years. The new bug on that can last a whole lot longer. So I think it's a little bit dependent on what it is that you're selling, what industry you're in. But I do think it's something that you should think about from the very beginning, which is how long are we going to talk about this as being a new introductory, type thing? And then when do we move into our steady state messaging and activities around that?
1: Yeah, I think that it's always a bullet in the chamber for a marketer to be able to say, hey, look, we're doing something new and we want to tell you about it. You have to be careful about wasting all of your ammo on that. You can't constantly be launching something new. And this is something that you have to use a little intuition and look at your data to see if people are getting tired of it. But as an example, hey, I launched this consulting business. Here are the three types of people I'm going to reach out to. Here's why I'm telling you about my new consulting business. This is something that I did. That's how I started my practice. And then a year later, it was hey, I wanted to let you know that I'm expanding and now I'm starting this consulting network. I'm working with all these other people. In reality, I was subcontracting up to people the whole time, but I was allowed to package that message as a product launch to stay in front of and relevant to the people that I wanted to work with. You can use launch multiple times, it doesn't just have to be your one time launch. Darcy, obviously MailChimp went through this evolution of going from an email provider that was very simple to use to be an all-in-one marketing platform. For the small businesses that are out there and the growing businesses like mine, what are some of the tools that you think really help facilitate launch that are integrated into MailChimp?
2: You know, we talked yesterday about what is the problem that customers have and then build from there. And that's really what drove the creation of the all-in-one platform is The tool set for marketers today, the landscape for that is just outrageous. I think the last number I saw was there are over 7,000 tools out there in the world for marketers to use. And I know even for me, as a longtime marketer, it's impossible to keep up with what are all the things that are out there and how do you use them and how do you integrate them and make them all work together. And we found that small businesses had on average, eight different MarTech tools in their environment, which is probably more than they had employees. This is really, really difficult to manage. And so what we did with, as we put ours together, say, how do we package this all together and get all the data in one place? Because besides the fact that it's just hard to manage lots of different technology stack, all your data is in lots of different places. So the core thing that we tell people about, you need to have personalized marketing, you need to know your customers really, really well. It's almost impossible if your data is sitting in eight different places. So we have, I mentioned it earlier, our marketing CRM, where you can capture all the data from all of your marketing channels, all of your behavioral data from maybe your e-com store, as well as all the demographics to make it really, really easy to do your marketing. And we talked about yesterday that when you're doing the pre-launch, if you can get that repository, that single source of truth of one creative construct, similar messaging and just edit. You can do that in MailChimp. So you can create once and then execute it across all the different channels. So we're trying to practice what we preach and create a tool that enables small businesses to really do this marketing that we're talking about in a much, much more simplified way.
1: I'm totally a victim of what you talk about. As I'm looking at my desktop right now, I have nine MarTech tools open and data collection and aggregation is a total pain in the butt. Using a unified platform makes a ton of sense for the early, for the growth stage businesses. Obviously, we've all heard of MailChimp. But I highly suggest that you take a look at their platform if you're looking to aggregate, prepare for your launches. And Darcy, for the people that are doing their product launches, just like you did last year, thank you for telling us all of the tools and tips of the trade.
2: Thanks for having me. This is great.
1: Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Darcy Kurtz, Vice President of Global Product Marketing at MailChimp for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Darcy, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is gizkur, G-I-Z-K-U-R. Or you could visit her company website, which is mailchimp.com. Just one link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our once-a-week newsletter, keep up to date with all the content that we publish, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, again, it's M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram and Facebook, or you could reach out to me directly. My handle is Ben J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Alright, that's it for today, but until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.